You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. From Beverly Hills, California. Everybody knows I'm gorgeous, pretty, beautiful, whatever you want to call me. Bobby the Brain Keenan. What's Gretzky's number? 99. What's Check your number? that out. Oh number one. You know, I'm the kind of a man that doesn't like to be made a fool of. Now, interview me. Okay, Bobby Heenan. You know what I was thinking before you... Oh, I'm sorry. You were going to say something. What is this, the Weasel Open? Oh, it's not the Weasel Open. This is the proper attire when you play golf in Beverly Hills. The suit has claws and everything. This is a, very much a, a replica of a weasel. The wave just hit the hands. Come on, come on. Oh! Yes. Those are nice feathers. That's a boa? It's a little ragged now, but I'll get it. So are you, one. so what's the difference? Right? I'm Gorilla Monsoon along with Bobby the Brain Heenan, and as you can see, we're here. Wait, 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 wait. let me tell them where we're at. Oh, all right. We're sitting by my, in my palatial estate in Beverly Hills. We are poolside. Where, where's the thing that shows how far you went or how? It's broke. Don't worry about it. I'm keeping it in my mind. So far, it says you haven't gone anywhere. I got it right here. Smell the kid. Go ahead, smell it. Oh, there's mine to me. Right there. Hello, Jack. Where are you going? I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> you stop? You have a rifle. Will you stop? Just wait a minute. We're on the area. What is that? Cash. Oh, you're loaded. You got about $3 in there again. Uh, nice. Come on, by a little harder. Come on, kick it in high gear. Hey. Back off a little bit. I'm a gentleman. I'm Bobby the Brain Heenan. Regardless of what these humanoids have to say about weasel... Hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. Hi. You know the rules. Mr. Heenan. That's right. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Bobby Heenan. We're on the air. We're... I know. It's a family show. I know. I picked Booger to win. These two guys. You know, these two guys, I'll tell you something about Bundy and stuff. What? I would like to challenge you, Hogan, at any time, any place. If I'm Uncle Morty Thompson, he needs me inside. I, I got to I go now. I ran into your wife earlier. Uh, you listen to me, you go to the top. Another world, another time, in the age of wonder. There was once a dream, you could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil! You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm gonna have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. 
takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Well, take your pixie out of your pockets, wrestling fans. This is the Neverland Wrestling Federation here. So, you take that pixie, you sprinkle some of that pixie dust around, and you think you're happy as thought, and you'll fly away right into our arena here in Neverland. I, of course, I am Jeremy, the Gorilla Spider-Pan, and with me as always, Philip, the Weasel Kryptonian Lost Boy. Weasel! Who you calling a weasel? Don't call me a weasel! Well, I'm the brain! They, I thought that was your nickname, they keep calling you that. You know, but, Don't but call be, me a weasel! But be serious! Yeah, no, I won't be serious, you better call me the brain! Yeah, okay. Sure, as soon as you get somebody on your phone to tell you that you have some. Hey, don't you worry about who's on my phone. That's between me and, and Andre. All right, well, as long as you're not talking to Betty anymore. <laughs> well, uh, well, we do need to make sure we tell everybody. to. We, we still have the link popping on the website. You'll probably see it right there in your show notes there. To For redcross.org or .org slash donate slash donation. Uh, you can now donate for both Montana and California fire victims... Harvey and Irma victims and Red Cross, I think they're kind of international, so if you're concerned about anybody there in Mexico City after that really bad earthquake, uh, I hopefully the Red Cross will be able to help out there as well. I'm going to keep having this link as long as we're having these natural disasters, uh, and I believe you can. Of course, you can choose where your money goes on this website, so go and make a donation, because uh, Mexico, Mexico City really does need help. I've been hearing some really awful stories. It's really been bad. Uh, Our world's really been having a lot of rough times with natural occurring things, and uh, I won't get into the implications of that because that's not what we're here for. Um, But anyway, so uh, let's just go ahead and jump right into some news because, you know, we have a matchup coming up here between, uh, you know, Epcot and uh, the rest of the world. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. I don't know if that makes any sense there. (laughs) I don't know, you crazy humanoid. Yeah, I don't know. Don't try to weasel out of this. Don't call me weasel. (laughs) I hope y'all are getting to the joke of this. (laughs) There's a point to it. We're going to get to it. But, oh my gosh. So... 35 years of Epcot on October 1st, which will be, what is that? That's uh, next Sunday. Wow. 30, I remember when it opened. I wasn't there. I, no, neither was I. In fact, I, I remember when I first heard about Epcot Center, uh, we had these people in our church trying to tell us about Epcot and how we ought to go. We were planning on going to Disney World, my family was, and these people kept telling us that we got to go to Epcot Center. We didn't want to go. My, I remember they told us, oh, it's so educational. Well, I'm sorry, but whenever you are like uh, nine years old, and yes, Epcot had opened up just shortly after we had been there, you know, a couple years after. But we were uh, told it was going to be very educational, but when you're nine, the last thing you want to do is go to an educational place. <laughs> right. you know? uh, we just got out of school for the summer, and no, we did not want to go to this educational place. No, thank you. Yeah. But I remember we went, and boy... Did we love it? I was so thrilled because I remember I did not want to go at all, but man, it was so much fun. And I'll be truthful about it: 
my absolutely favorite place was the journey uh, through imagination. What's it called? Journey through imagination journey with through figment. Imagination with figment. Oh yeah. my gosh! That Wish was, I could have seen it. Oh, that was my favorite ride. But if you go on YouTube. I don't know if they still have, but they did have some uh, recordings of that ride. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of footage oh, on YouTube. It's a lot of fun with the the big flying apparatus thing that oh, uh, yes. that uh, the Dreamfinder had. Oh my yes. goodness, it looked like it was spectacular Barty, in person. Yes, Marty did the voice. He was outstanding. I can't hear the bones. Voice. Tell me nothing. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and don't don't forget, he was on the the movie of Masters of the Universe. True. That's right. Making the weirdest instrument that that guy had ever seen. Gwildor! Yes! (laughs) So, but Epcot, October 1st, 1982. Yes. And there's a big anniversary thing, and I haven't heard of any special celebrations. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be something. If you're going to be in the park, there's definitely some some special t-shirts that says, I was there, Epcot Center, 35 years. And it has Figment there in his signature yellow uh, with red stripes t-shirt. I still have toys in there. Oh, cool. Yes. And uh, wow, my goodness! So there's, there's definitely. I don't think you can get these shirts anywhere else. Uh, someone named Kathy Dawson, uh, who's the merchandise product development for the events, uh, talked to the Disney Parks blog writer Stephen Miller, and she says, "For this collection, we honored Epcot's rich heritage by including Figment from the Journey to Imagination attraction on all of the I Was There items." He's been at the park since the early days of Epcot and has delighted many guests throughout the years. This retro-inspired collection complements the other 35th anniversary merchandise guests will find all year long. Okay, so you don't have to be there the exact day. Oh, that's good. But some of these designs of shirts, that is very retro in 80s, you know, where it's got the different colored yeah, sleeves and the colors. a lot of that here lately, I've noticed, the different places. The amazing thing is, is uh, my family and I went in 1982, like uh, April 1982, and this opened up just months later, so we missed it, and then we went back again in 86, that's when we went, and it was an outstanding place, and if you've never been to Epcot Center, and you have the opportunity... Of course, I'm now it's just it, Epcot. Well, that's right, it's not Epcot Center now. <laughs> For some people, it's always going to be Epcot Center. Yeah, oh, well, just like MGM is no longer MGM. <laughs> yeah, now it's Disney's Hollywood Studios. That's right. It's always going to be MGM to me because I'm old school. Yeah, except for with the great movie ride gun. It's just not... Oh, well, I know, but it's still always going to be old school to me. You know, yeah. I'm just me. I'm Captain It's going to be the Star Wars part, really. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Captain time. Old School. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah, because Captain EO is gone, so Captain Old School needs yeah, to be around. that's me. I'm Captain Old School. Hey, that's okay. I'm all right with that. So, yeah, you have an entire year to try to pick up some of these items, apparently. And there's, uh, I guess there's some specialties. There's like a hat, ornament, limited release pin, a pin. Uh, annual pass holders are going to get a t-shirt created just for them, but you have to, of course, present your ID at the time of purchase. I don't know what the exclusive is. For, I don't know if they're showing it here on the blog. But uh, I really like this hat, i got to say. That's uh, It's very 80s. It's like a yes. trucker's hat. Yes. It has figment on the top and has like the three different colors. It's very 80s. The, the colors are very, have a very 80s look. Not just 80s, mm-hmm. but the early 80s look. You know, That's what I like about it. All right. Well, these items are going to be at a pop-up shop located just past the Art of Disney in Future World. And this is going to be the only place that will carry these items starting October the 1st. It will not be available in the Shop Disney Parks app or the online store, so you have to go to Epcot this year to get it. Which means I'm not going to be able to get any of it. I'll suck it up. Oh, come on. Get over it. You'll be fine. No, I won't. No, I won't. Now, now get serious, Weasel. I mean, brain. Well, you, I didn't know my brain. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm come no on, humanoid. <laughs> well, okay. Now, this is some cool news. So... 
well, I've lost the website that had the information, but I remember what all we wrote about this. Star Wars: The Last Jedi is now completed. All post-production, it's all, all done. Right. Ryan Johnson. I cannot wait, brother. He tweeted it. Mark Hamill accidentally let slip that October 9th during Monday Night Football, we're gonna get to see the trailer. I look forward to it. <laughs> and who's playing that night? Yeah, idea. I have no clue. Then what good are you? You're no good at all, gorilla. No good at all. But don't put my face in that. Back the, in is that, that, that the Chiefs playing that night then? Oh, if it were, it'd be only too good. I, I don't know. If the Chiefs ain't playing, I'm not worried about the game. Oh, what the heck with you? I am more worried about a Star Wars The Last Jedi trailer. I hear you. I hear you. And so I'm going to be checking it out. So he's looking it up now to see who's playing that night on Monday Night Football. I got to see. October 9th? October 9th. So while he's looking at that, uh, well, golly, that's about as far as I got for some news this week. I, there wasn't a whole lot of things that uh, I saw worth reporting. I mean, there's some stuff uh, that... Um, Oh, no, I forgot the actress's name, and I was just looking at it, but uh, she's showed up, and they've got some images of her in costume for the Ant-Man and the Wasp. Vikings Evangeline and the Lily, that's who it was. Vikings and the Bears. The Bears. The Bears. All right, so, the Vikings and the Bears, so if you happen to be a fan of those teams, you're in luck, because you're going to get a Star Wars trailer. That's and the rest right. of us, you're in luck, because you're going to get to watch a football game while you're waiting Ooh. for that trailer. It's going to be like the Super Bowl. I'm going to be, like, wandering around doing other things, you know, doing my homework, and then I'll hear a commercial start, and I'll come running in. But whether we get to watch it then or not, don't you know? It'll be all over YouTube. It'll be all, are you kidding me? It's going to dominate. Someone's going to have one where they pause and, slow, and put it in slow motion and shows everything in the background. They're going to zoom Take up. Take still frames of every image of it and post what they thought about it in every freaking image. And what I think is hilarious is how some people say, don't you know this character is going to be the great-great-nephew of so-and-so? And usually Somebody's going to theorize some crazy stuff. Yes, they yeah. always do that. Yep, there's going to be the theories about, but that's part of the fun and the oh, build-up for Star Wars. And, and by the way, they're not the only ones to do it. I see it for video games, I see it for everything, and usually it's nothing. But it's okay. That's okay. It's, that's fandom for you. That's Is this what we do? It's it what we do. We have no life. We, yeah. <laughs> but we have a life, and it just happens to be Star Wars. It's sad. <laughs> and, and some of us, our life is Disney. I, you that's know. okay. That's okay. If you're listening to this, then you relate. Yes, that's uh, okay. We but uh, let's, let's take a quick visit to the Neverland Trailer Park. All right. Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator? Give me that sugar. Come here. Get him, Mama. Oh. Get that gator. The Neverland Trailer Park. The Japanese archipelago, 20 years in the future. Canine saturation has reached epidemic proportions. An outbreak of dog flu rips through the city of Megasaki. Mayor Kobayashi issues emergency orders, calling for a hasty quarantine. Trash Island becomes an exiled colony. The Isle of Dogs. I don't think I can stomach any more of this garbage. Exactly the same here. Words out of my mouth. Nobody's giving up around here, and don't you forget it, ever. You're Rex. You're King. You're Duke. You're Boss. I'm Chief. We're a pack of scary, indestructible alpha dogs. Atari Kobayashi, you heroically hijacked a junior turboprop XJ750 and flew it to the island because of your dog. I've got a crush on you. We get the idea. You're looking for your lost dog spots. Does anybody know him? No. no. Uh -uh. I've long 
Spots, if he's alive, may very well be living even at this moment as a captive prisoner. Somebody is up to something. Will you help him? The little pilot. Why should I? Because he's a 12-year-old boy. Dogs love those. We'll find him. Wherever he is, if he's alive, we'll find your dog. It's gonna be a fight! I wish somebody spoke his language. the north, a long rickety causeway over a noxious sludge marsh leading to a radioactive landfill polluted by toxic chemical garbage. That's our destination. Great. Got it. Get ready to jump. So this is a Wes Anderson film. It is stop motion animation. Uh, and it's, you know, I, I still, I don't know if I've seen any of his films. I probably have. I, I I started to check out this trailer because James Gunn, director of the Guard and writer of the Guardians of the Galaxy films, uh, really enjoys Wes Anderson films, and I'd heard some nice things about this. So this is a you know stop motion animated dogs that they're all. I love the fact that they speak English, so we know what the dogs are saying to each other. But then the little boy in there is still speaking in Japanese, so we don't understand him as the dogs don't understand him either. So there's some some clever genius, but oh my gosh, Bill Murray, Great. Jeff Goldblum, uh, I, I love him. Yeah, indeed. Uh, you know, I, and now I'm uh, uh, talking to myself. I, I can't wait to see Thor. Oh yes, because he's in Thor. I, he's wonderful. Yes, oh yes, Thor's November third, brother. I can't wait. November third, <laughs> we're coming so close. One more month away to Thor Ragnarok. But uh, I love stop animation films. But I got to tell you, this goes to show me. I didn't even realize when we were watching it that, that that's what it was. Which just goes to show me how great computer animation has become. True. That I couldn't even tell at first. Until you said it a while ago. I didn't even realize that's what it was. Which just goes to show me that the computer animation has become so good, so sly. I'm almost wondering what's the point of making that. And not, not, please, oh, but there's an art me. to the stop motion. There is. You know, and I respect them like there's nobody's business. Because, uh, I mean, Nightmare Before Christmas, things like that. Mm-hmm. Even though... Kubo. The, did Kubo, you see Kubo? Oh, yes, and it's good. I love it. I didn't see the whole thing, just how bits of it. But it was good. Oh, I, I got it on Voodoo. We'll have to set you up. I would like to watch it. And I mean, I know that they were badly done for what they were at the time. They were greatly done, but things like Rudolph, I don't want to change. I really don't. It's so I great as it, it is, exactly. Yeah. It's almost so bad. It's good. I'm talking about the animation style. Yeah, so bad that it's good. I don't want it to be smooth. I like it that way. I like it choppy. That's, <laughs> yeah. It's just like the, the old uh, Speed Racer and all that. I like it choppy. <laughs> I really do. I don't want it. There's good. something special about that. Yes, it's, it's yeah. so bad. It's good. It's like Batman and Robin. So bad it's bad but i like it <laughs> yeah and we're talking about the uh, george clooney film i suppose then yes, uh, yes. yeah uh, yeah you you get the ice i'll get the ice man shut up i like it the way it is okay i like it <laughs> yikes oh indeed I, I need to introduce myself 
<laughs> oh my! Yeah. Speaking of DC comic films, guess okay. what came on the Blu-ray this week? And uh, this oh. isn't really a movie review so much as because no. uh, we already reviewed the movie, and yes, I've did. already uh, gushed over this film. Oh yes, because wow. Are we so No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I I would have gushed if I wasn't married, but yeah, I, she's I hear you. she's a very lovely woman, and she yes. did an awesome job, she's Gal Gadot. Really? And we haven't even said it's Wonder Woman is on Blu-ray. All right, there you Woo! go. Woo! Now, uh, have you gotten a chance to watch the film to see how it looks yes. on the Blu-ray? How, how does it? Do they do? Good Good job of transfer. They sure did. Because it's always important to mention, you know, if you notice any flaws when they translate, sometimes something happens. No, it looked good to me. Looks but, good. But, you know, I will admit I didn't watch it straight on. I mean, I watched it, but uh, I was also busy drawing at the same time. But I did watch it. I mean, I looked up and watched most of it. And it so did very Make good sure it you know, still looks good. Well, a lot of these films, they still look good because they're digital when they put it out there yeah. to, to watch instead of transferring. But, you know, we have noticed, like, sometimes on some of the older... Disney films, when they try to get it digital, you, you get that little imperfections. Yeah. But so, but it's always nice to mention that it looks good. I'm not back to the middle, I guess. But, yeah. But for the most part, I probably did a good job. We just love everything to look good. Mm-hmm. When they when they try, because trying to high def some of the old animation sometimes doesn't come out well. Like, yeah. I think uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol, you can, it just has that weird oh, well, it is oddity. Yeah. yeah. But I still love it, and I, I, I can overlook it. Uh, but yeah, uh, I started to look at some of the special features. There's a really great feature. A couple of them that I looked at that I really enjoyed. I watched those yet. I haven't. Uh, but they had a thing of, of course, making and designing the armor. And some, awesome. of, some of the design behind thinking, okay, well, we have this ancient Greek world, but we're trying to think, well, what if you're in this ancient Greek-style city that has come to its own modern age, and you've had these decades and centuries pass that they've developed a different style, that the world has changed, but yet hasn't really become as like our world. Yeah, I thought they did a good job with that, because I did notice one thing watching the film. It looks old, and yet it isn't. So, I mean, it's right. like, it's, it's modern, well, for the early you know, 20th century. It's modern, but it's not modern. And, you know, it's got its old style, and yet it's, it's at the same time, it's more modern than it the old Greek and all. So that's yeah. pretty cool. And they did a really nice job. And so all the armor designs went that direction. Yeah. And uh, they even were talking about, they they first did, of course, the Wonder Woman armor. Yeah. And they took ideas from that and little bits of it and put it in everybody else's armor. So they all had a similar style. Yeah. So very, very cool. Also, there's a really great feature uh, with Patty Jenkins, the director, uh, of uh, talk about her vision of how to do it and you know her fandom of Wonder Woman, how she loved Wonder Woman and the and apparently even loved the comics, which is why it, it went so well. Having somebody who's a fan of it as has definitely makes a better movie because yeah. they have such a love for the character. And she did a phenomenal job, and I hope that she gets to do more than Zack Zack Snyder does because she's been so great with the with a yeah. with a DC character. Just giving her this one, I'd like to see what she gets to do with some of the other characters. Now, when we when they bring out the Justice League, which isn't very far from, yeah, now, it's coming pretty quick in November. Are we going to get to come and talk about that because that'd be fun? Yeah, I've got some some people on the horn who also want to talk about that. That that this love Aquaman, and they want to come and talk about that. I pretty hope they do well with him because so far he doesn't look a lot like Aquaman, but it looks like they have done a little bit to make him fun. Yeah, I think they're trying really hard to get away from the Yeah, people have a Aquaman. But I still love that Aquaman. I just think that they put it somewhere in between. Of course, this is the one we're talking about, but I think they bring him somewhere in between a few things. because he should have that control over the animals and the control over the water and show everybody just how powerful Aquaman really is. in Smallville, they did a very good job. Because I didn't see that. oh, I'm telling you, they, he controlled the animals, he controlled the water, he had power. He was so powerful 
he gave Clark a thing or two. He knocked him out of the water. I mean, well, he can match Superman from what I've heard. In the water, he can, and he did because he's also super strong. He knocked him out of the water. I'm telling woo! you, y'all have seen it. it was yeah, great. I'll have to check it out. Uh, third feature that I thought really stand out, I thought was pretty cool, is they went into some of the extras of some of the women who were playing the Amazons, and oh. you had some. Boxers, uh, wushu masters, but they showed some of their training. These women were like putting it all in their training and getting buff and everything. And even showed like some of the actors, like Robin Wright. You know, when you look at her in the film, you realize, oh my gosh, she's put on a heck of a lot of muscle. I mean, they really went for it and committed with this training to to get into the shape, to look like warriors, and to learn some of the fighting, to really kind of become warriors. How they would do in a real fight, don't know, but I'm sure that wushu and that boxer, they kick your butt, surely. Well, I know that the. When Gal Gadot was sitting there going through a lot of training, I saw mm-hmm. a lot of her videos of that. And at the same time, I when I could, when I physically could, I was in the gym a lot training. So when I first saw her doing that, I thought, wow, I respected that. Yeah. And she was really putting out a lot of effort. I thought, that's awesome. That was awesome. They really went for it to, you know, really get into the shape they needed to be warrior women. I, so that's a, I, that was a pretty cool clip. I really liked that one. So a lot of really good special features. I like some good behind the scenes. I like to know the craft of making some of the props. And I got a little bit of that in some of the features. I haven't seen all the features, but that's the type of thing I like to see. I want to see the craft of making the film. And uh, so... Yeah. Really a good deal. Now, you got a better package, though, than I did. I just got a, sim- a simple Walmart package, Blu-ray, DVD, digital. Yeah, so but went, at Target, you found something. I did. I went to, went to Target, and I got a special uh, feature. Uh, it was a uh, Blu-ray, DVD set, also digital, uh, set where I, it came in a, for just a couple dollars more, it came uh, inside a, a case that got, it's basically a book. It's got a special hologram cover. And anyway, it's very good. It's just a couple dollars more. For just a few dollars more, thank you. That's what I appreciate that. Anyway, hang them high. It's very good. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, definitely go out and get yourself a copy of Wonder Woman because it was a great film. Although I've, I've met some people who didn't like it, and I said, "Well, that's okay. Uh, that's all own. fine. Teach their own." I thought it was a fabulous movie, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of Wonder Woman and Justice League. That's I'm right. going to that movie to see Wonder Woman. Yeah, well, because so far she's the only one that I've really loved what they did with. But I'm looking forward. But to I do seeing, love the Flash though. Well, yeah, and I'm looking forward thanks to seeing the CW. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do uh, in bringing back Batman and Superman because I I think they have a chance with the Justice League of fixing Superman and fixing Batman. They're saying they've done some stuff to make Superman the icon he should be. It looks like, uh, I I will say this about Zach. Now, first of all, I realized that he didn't do all this. I realized that. And by the way, I'm so sorry about what he's had to go through. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But anyway... It looks like he's really tried hard to listen to the fans and give them what they wanted. And as well as, uh, what's the other director? I can't think of his name. It's helped him out. Uh, um, I but, forgot who stepped in. Uh, I, can't think of I know. We covered it here on this show. Uh, oh, the, the creator of, uh, of Firefly. Uh, Josh Whedon. Josh Whedon. Yeah. I love you, bro. Which was a good thing but to do. He, yeah. he once wrote a script for a Wonder Woman that right. never got made. Right. Anyway, so uh, I think it's great that he's helped out. But it looks like Zach has tried very, very hard. And not just that, I think uh, he's going to try his best to listen and do well. I hope he does. I hope, hope, hope he does. But anyway, looks like they're going to try, and I'm hoping that they get Batman and Superman just right. That's yeah, this should be an epic level film, but we we coming close. I hope so. <laughs> All righty. And now it's time to turn a bit of a corner. Okay. To Disney and beyond. Oh! All right, so this is where you know we say, of course, to Disney and beyond, because we are certainly going a bit 
beyond. Uh, as as we've noticed already, we've been talking some Wonder Woman here. And as you heard at the top of the show, that little tribute that was created actually by WWE was shown on Monday Night Raw of Bobby the Brain Heenan. Because, uh, you know, part of Neverland, this is where we never grow up and we share a lot of stuff from our childhood and a lot of our nostalgia. And uh, I, even as Eric and I were recording last week's show, uh, we wrapped up the last show and Eric said, oh my gosh, Bobby Heenan's dead. It was, it was the very last thing after I just I just hit the stop button on the rec- record. So I almost wanted to, to jump in and do something right there, but we'd already gone over an hour into the show, and last week's show was pretty good. But that that rocked me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. these are people who meant so much to us when we were kids. Yeah, they still do for me. It's, yeah, still do. Still mean a lot to us, but I mean, that's it's from that childhood. Yeah. But I didn't realize his real name was Raymond Lewis Heenan. Oh, I didn't know all that either. Yes. He'll always be Bobby Heenan to us. You're right. Bobby the Brain. He'll always be Don't a weasel. Don't call me weasel. Me. That's Don't right. Don't call me weasel. <laughs> but he was a wrestler, a commentator, spent a lot of time with the AWA, American Wrestling Association, yeah. of course, the World Wrestling Federation. Are we allowed to say WWF or are they going to send the pandas after oh, us? Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and also over at WCW World Championship Wrestling. That's right. Uh, and he was a great, he could. He was the best heel next to Ric Flair. Yeah, he was. He was the, he, in my opinion, was the best manager uh, that WWF ever had. Yes. And I'm sorry, Paul Heyman, but he will always be the best Yeah, and Paul Heyman's opinion. been pretty good as a man. And quite frankly, He's entertaining. he is kind of a uh, Bobby Heenan, I won't say wannabe, because that's not fair, but he's definitely a, a Bobby Heenan type. Yeah. You know, but, uh, and he probably said that himself. Yeah, no learn from the best and then emulate it. Yeah, right? But, so. But definitely Bobby's brain Heenan uh, was the best in his day. I mean, he had them all. And I love a lot of those wrestlers and, and managers back then, but Bobby, to me, uh, I used to say this about the heels. I was definitely the hero guy. I was the face lo- guy who just loved the faces, Hulkamania and all them. Uh, Randy Montreal Savage, who was both the heel and a face. But the truth be told is, I always loved to hate the heels and uh, and hated to love them. You know, I loved to hate them and hated to love them. Yeah. And Bobby was one of the best because you couldn't help but hate him and you loved to hate him at the same time. He yeah. was so good at being bad. And he was he was so good at being bad that you'd hate him so much that when he would do things to embarrass himself, oh. he would laugh hysterically. He yeah. knew how to make you laugh. He's so affably hateable. Yes. <laughs> and it's something you know Vince McMahon I think is pretty good at too. He knows how to make you hate him so much that where he can show up in a chicken suit doing the chicken yes. dance and you're gonna laugh hysterically at him because you he's made him hate he you. He knows the turn of it. Or hate him. He knows yeah. how to kind of laugh at himself. Right. You know. You have to have a good sense of humor and about yourself if you're going to go and be a good heel and entertain people. And and, and now that we kind of know that they're not really that bad of a person yeah. in real life, you know, the things have changed. And you, you can love the heels because of how despicable they can yes. be. Because they are entertaining you. Yeah, as a kid, you know, you kind of, I mean, you know, I knew, and I always knew it was entertainment, but at the same time, there's something as a kid you, you know that there's good and there's bad and all that but as an adult and I know that the bad is good too mm-hmm. you know that they were good guys for the most part good guys just putting on for you to entertain you you almost love them all the more yeah you know I love all of them but Bobby was the manager of all the guys that I love you know Bobby was the manager to recruit who I love Bobby was the manager of Andre the Giant he was right. the manager of Big John Stead at one time he was yeah. the manager of, of uh, Haku 
He was, oh, a, yes. he was a manager of a lot of these great tag teams, you know, uh, the Rujos and he was a, for no no excuse me that was Jimmy Hart. I yeah, I said the wrong guy. Uh, he was a manager though to, to the so many of the different great tag teams and other people. He was a manager to all these guys. He's great. Oh excuse me, Mister Perfect. Right. You know, he was great. He was good at bringing these guys in. You just couldn't help but hate him and love him at the same time. <laughs> and this was back in the day. In modern wrestling, everybody's a gray area. They're kind of good, kind of bad all at once. And it's just what their actions, they'll, they'll switch to the baby face or heel. Back in the 80s, this was like superheroes. Yes. You had white hat good guys and black hat bad guys. It was yeah. melodrama. And a manager was somebody who go through If maybe that wrestler wasn't always great about upping themselves or promoting themselves or an upcoming match, they'd have a manager working with them who was a great talker. Yeah. And Bobby Heenan was one of the best. You know, when you have someone like Hercules, Hercules Hernandez, who was, he looked the part, but he oh, could yes, not, he did. He he was could not talk very well. Yeah. So he had someone like Bobby the Brain who knew how to talk for him. Boy, he could talk well. They were really good at that. That's yeah. why you got someone like today, Brock Lesnar, who's not a very good talker, but that's why you got Paul Heyman with him. Right. And he's good at doing it. <laughs> yep. Uh, golly, I, I kind of want to just dive into some stuff, talking about people who, who weren't good at talking for themselves. The One of my favorite storylines, because Bobby Heenan was a, was a pain in Hulk Hogan's side all the time, oh, always yes. bringing different wrestlers, trying to have one of his wrestlers take that title he away. Wanted so he bad. wanted it so bad. He, he became like a, a bad guy on a Saturday morning cartoon. Yes, <laughs> he was. And it was even Saturday mornings I ended up watching stuff. So a great story unfolded once on Roddy Piper's pit. Well, of course, he called it Piper's pit. Yeah. But uh, Ro <laughs> Rowdy Roddy Piper, who had been a, a heel, a foil for Hulk Hogan. And he turned. And he turned and went good. Uh, but suddenly this event happened, and uh, I'm just going to play the audio for you real quick. I promised it to you this week. I ain't going to fool around. I promise. Hey, I got one thing to say, Piper. My man is here. The man who I promised is here. What about you? My man you're talking about? My man's here. Here. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome the heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan. My man is here. I'm impressed and I don't impress easy. Now, for this discussion, may I present 15 years undefeated. The eighth wonder of the world, seven foot four, 500 pounds, Andre, whoa, the giant. Wait, what's going on here? Hold on, man. What are you doing with him? You guys aren't together. Come on, man. Andre, what are you doing here with Heenan? What's going on? Andre, listen, man. You can't be here with him. Don't you know what Heenan's done to me? To these people out here since you've been gone? It can't be so. Andre, listen to me. Day one, man, when I set my eyes on you, brother, you're the reason I got in professional wrestling. You were like a god to me, a role model. You can't be here with him, man. You're the one that took me all the way from nothing to the world's title. Andre, you can't be with him, man. No, no, wait one minute. You're the one that taught me, man, about respect for the fans, about helping the kids. You're the one that taught me about good sportsmanship. You set the, the mold for me to follow, man. What are you doing here with him? 
I'll tell you what he's doing here with me. He's sick and tired of you and what you stand for. Let me tell you something, Hogan. You're the one that for three years as world's champion used this man. You're also the vermin that made this man... I can't tell you what I think about. You used him, they gave him a trophy. But no, that wasn't good enough. It was a littler trophy than yours. But you had to walk out and steal that moment. You're so jealous of this man, you can't stand it. He, this is the man for 15 years that is undefeated. But did you ever once? No, man, you're wrong. You're wrong, you're wrong. When I won the world title, he poured champagne over my head. It was like a bond of friendship. You're wrong, Ian. Did you ever once, once in your life, offer him a championship match? You laughed behind his back. No, Andre, listen, it's not happening. Tell me it's not so, man. Even though you came out here with him, you don't have to leave with him. It's not happening. Thank you, Ansel, my shoulders. He's got one more thing to say to you, Hogan. Look at me when I'm talking to you. I'm there for one reason. To challenge you for a world championship match in the WrestleMania. Andre, please, no, it's not happening. We're friends. We're friends, Andre, please. You can't believe it? Maybe you'll believe this, Hogan. Andre, what are you doing, man? You can't leave like this, man. What are you doing, Andre? You can't my cross the shirt. What's wrong with him, man? You can't leave like this. You're bleeding. It's not out. Andre, come back, man. You don't have to leave like this. What no, is he no, doing? Man. You're bleeding. Jesus. What's come, come. Come on. I remember watching that on uh, Saturday morning. It was part of cartoons. They had wrestling. That shook me when Andre comes out with Bobby Heenan. No, man. It can't be true, brother. It can't be. No, what are you brother. doing here with him? Not with him. And I love that the build-up because you know, the previous two Piper's Pits, Hulk Hogan had gotten a huge trophy for being the longest-running champion that the WWE had had. I mean, because we're not counting Bruno San Martino at yeah, the time. Uh, so, and then the following week, Andre gets a trophy for the longest career that they had had over 15 years. Uh, and it was a smaller trophy. Yes. And Jesse Ventura the following week then is saying, and is noted, hey, did you notice how Andre's trophy was smaller? And then so the following week, we have a Piper's Pit. Because that was the voice, well, the voice of Jesse Ventura, another great heel, and somehow another got elected governor in Michigan. But anyway, uh, <laughs> then, so to have what's the matter with you, man? <laughs> so then Andre and Bobby Heenan comes out, and this was the beginning of the still my favorite WrestleMania ever, I WrestleMania know. three. Hey, brother, don't you forget there's another great match on there too, brother. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, that was a great match when we were talking, we were talking about Bobby Heenan. Ooh, yeah. uh, Phil's wearing two Macho Man shirts, kind of layered Ooh, on here. Yeah. He's machoing out. <laughs> but uh, I, I did find another clip off of another YouTube channel here uh, that I do want to show you where it's a it's, it's called a shoot interview. It's where they're just being themselves, where somebody's talking about Bobby Heenan, and he's talking about some of the setup for this match, although you have learned some things that many, everything he said might not be entirely accurate. Andre used to like to be clotheslined, but he wanted to step out about a foot from the ropes, so when you hit him, he could take a step back and tie himself. Right. Well, the warrior would come like 200 miles an hour and just hit him as hard as he could, which would never bother Andre. 
I was here on the go. I knew something was going to happen down the road. Huh. Next night, same spot. Mm. <laughs> Third night, here comes a warrior. 200 miles an hour. Just as he gets there, he goes, puts the hand up, which is like this. Right. Stops him cold, cracks the paint. He grabs the rope, almost goes down, doesn't know where he's at. Next night, here he comes. Ding. Andre looks down at me and yells, He's learning. That's how to teach him. That's how to teach him. Because I'll tell you something. If Andre did not want you to have a good match, forget it. You could do it. There's nothing you could do to him. We've heard that before. I think Jake said that. Yeah. Every time he went to pick him up, Andre would step on his hair. Oh, I told you, Andre. <laughs> stand on his hair and pick him up. <laughs> I would tell Andre, Andre used to like to stand on you, too. I would tell him to hop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he could do everyone. He used to like to sit on the Iron Sheik. When the Sheik's head faced that way, he would sit this way on him and take his arms and roll him like a boat. Unbelievable. Just hated the Sheik. Hated him. Because he... Pushed people around and took advantage of people in the ring. That's why Andre didn't like. You know, a lot of guys in the old days were weekend wrestlers. They had jobs, and they would come on TV, and they weren't any good. They shouldn't have been there. Right. So some guys would hurt him. Well, that's not going to help you in your match. It's not going to help you when this guy punch you and throw you around either. So what you do is you take them down, you get holes, you get yourself over, you work with the people, you get the announcer, you kill six minutes, forget him. A lot of guys would go out there and want to give those guys spots. Right. You can't. They can't do them. Then they get mad at them when they mess them up and they beat the hell out of the guys. These guys are working for the weekend. They have a job during the week. They have to feed their families. People never cared about that. Um, a couple people on prior interviews said that they heard that um, with the Andre Hogan match that... Andre, maybe at the last minute, was going to back out and not do that. Was there any truth to that? No. No, Andre was... He, w he wouldn't have done that to Vince McMahon. And he wouldn't have done it to the business. If Andre was going to beat you, he'd tell you. He don't have to... He don't have to trick you. <laughs> he can beat you. Uh, I think Hogan was uh, concerned that he was going to do the job, that Andre was going to do it or not. But I asked the boss, I said, what are we going to do? He said, don't worry. How did the... Since Andre never did the job, who approached him to do the job? Andre. Andre. It was Andre's idea. Andre's idea. He went to, He realized, I believe, that this was his last big pay-per-view he could have ever gotten. And with who? Hogan. Highest guy in the business, biggest guy in the business. And he asked Vince if I could be his manager because he, he trusted me. And that was a compliment. So there was never nothing to do. Boss just said, don't worry about it. And if he wanted to beat Hogan, he was going to beat him. If he didn't, he 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 just he was a professional. He he made his money. That's what he wanted to do: is make his money on the way out and be on the biggest one that he could be on. Okay, so the one thing that's a little confusing is when Bobby Heenan is saying that it was Andre's idea, what Andre's idea was is that he was going to lose or do the job for Hogan, for Hogan to win. But the actual match idea came from Vince. Yes. 
Yes. Andre had actually gone away to make the Princess Bride before yeah, this. that's exactly right. Which is why in the previous clip, it's like, hey, well, all this stuff happened, you don't know what he was doing while you were away. That's why, because Andre had been away making the Princess Bride. Yeah, Vincent Mann, uh, they had done WrestleMania 1, and it did pretty well, but, you know, basically he got his money back, Vince. He didn't make any money on it. He just got his money back from doing it. Yeah. When they did WrestleMania 2, it didn't do near as well as they'd hoped. They, they had had two different parts. One was in one place, one was in the other. It didn't make a whole lot of money. Uh, but anyway, then when they did WrestleMania 3, it made tons of money. And, I mean, the Randy Monsman Savage match with Ricky Steamboat was outstanding. Hogan Andre, I mean, I won't get to which match is better. I think of course, we're great. still building up to WrestleMania 3. Yeah. We're talking about, you know. Yeah, so the, WrestleMania the 3 match. was the greatest match, I mean, greatest uh, night, I think. Well, that basically made WrestleMania the best. because yeah, of the, still the, my it favorite. It was WrestleMania 3 was outstanding but anyway when all that happened uh, he he called uh, Andre who was on the set of Princess Bride and he said I had this idea uh, he said no I'm retired boss I'm retired uh, of course you have to imagine his was I'm retired boss but anyway he yeah. said he said he wouldn't do it and then he said well, what about was you and Hogan and uh, you know if you was to lose to Hogan and he said yeah he would do it he said he would do it and he, he said yeah he'd go ahead and lose to him but, nah. but then Hogan somehow got in the idea that he wasn't going to lose because if he didn't want to, he wouldn't. Yeah. And but we're not there yet. I no, got stuff go before. Ahead. I got stuff before the match. You're kind of getting ahead of me. Oh, here. I'm sorry, brother. So go ahead. We got more. I got another clip that I found. Uh, this is, came directly from WWE from their site. Ooh, cool. And uh, of course, we're, we're here to of course talk about Bobby Heenan and of course his involvement and just show how he was in a, as being a manager. Because uh, really, he Andre sometimes it's hard to understand what he said. He had a very heavy French accent, yes. uh, and we see a little Deep bit, voice. and it, we see how that comes out a little bit in this discussion. This is the contract signing for WrestleMania oh, three yes. for the match, yes. and so Bobby Heenan, of course, is acting as the mouthpiece for Andre the Giant. I'll tell you what, I'm giving the people of Michigan and the officials at the Silver Dome a lot of credit. We can do along with President Tunney. Gentlemen, excuse me. Gentlemen, gentlemen, please. We are here for the most auspicious signing for any heavyweight title match in history, as you all know. Let me introduce, just for the record, some of the dignitaries who are with us at this time for this historic event. First of all, Bobby the Brain Heenan, representing the challenger, the eighth wonder of the world from Grenoble, France, Andre the Giant. To my right, the heavyweight champion of the world from Venice Beach, California, Hulk Hogan. And to my immediate left, the distinguished president of the World Wrestling Federation, Mr. Jack Tunney. Thank Mr. Tunney, Thank get you. on with the proceedings. Would you please sign on the dotted line, Mr. Rusimov? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down here, Mr. Tunney, Mr. President. A few things I want to go over with you first. Fine. When we had a discussion about this championship belt, yes. I want a new championship belt. That's a great... This one was made and designed for this human being, and I use that term very, very loosely. I want one made that will fit a man, fit a giant of a man, somebody that can represent the world of professional wrestling, not like this man. And another thing, I just want you to get one thing straight, Hogan. Fifteen years this man's gone undefeated. The three years you've been world's champion, you've talked behind his back, you've laughed at him, you never once gave this man an opportunity. Now he's got that opportunity. Sign it if you're going to sign it. 
some time under his name, Mr. Hogan. I've signed a lot of things, signed a lot of contracts. I never thought it would come to this. Thought it was you, man. But it's both of you. You're both sick. You're both sick. If you wanted a title shot, all you had to do was ask me. I'd have gave you anything, man. Andre, you were bigger than the world title to me. Yeah, I'll sign it. I'm gonna get your attention to it at WrestleMania. When you tore my shirt off, man, when you tore the cross, you tore the heart and soul out of all the little hogsters, man. Not just me. We're gonna get your attention, man. Yeah, we're gonna get your attention. Now you sign that contract. You think I tell you everything you know in professional wrestling? But I then. And believe me, WrestleMania 3 will be your last lesson. Et ça m'a fait vraiment plaisir de faire trois mois. Est-ce que pour la dernière fois... Speak to me in English when you talk to me. As far as I'm concerned, it's not signed in ink. It's signed in blood. If you want me to speak in English, I will speak in the ring in WrestleMania. Au revoir. Now, after watching these clips, though, I, it's so hard to not start how much we loved Andre, but we're gonna oh. focus on. I love Bobby Heenan, his attitude, the way he. Yes, you know, so of course we loved Hogan, but Bobby Heenan was part of this. He was. He's what made it work so well, and his like thing, and it's something that even makes sense. And we were talking while we we're watching the clip that it's even something that needs to be fixed in the modern because we have some big guys that get that belt and they have to wear it over their shoulder, you know. And so I kind of like that Bobby Heenan is doing that, but I love his attitude of how he's talking to, to Tunney, who's the president of WWF at the quote, time. Quote, quote unquote, yeah. It's like, well, we need to have the belt big enough for a real man, a giant of a man, and not this humanoid or whatever, yeah. you know, this so-called human over here. Oh, that's part of the flair that made Bobby Heenan great. And oh, then great. he goes and he starts his color commentary on primetime with Gorilla Monsoon. That was outstanding. Oh, they my, were my goodness. funny. I mean, over the dumbest things. Another thing They're like a vaudeville team sometimes. Oh, they were two of the funniest that you have Royal Hardy type situations. Yes, and somebody actually described it as that that I was watching some they clips were today. Hilarious. I mean, they could go on about nothing and anything. It was the best stuff. We talked about how they hit his face into the, the cake. The cake. The, yes, well, we talked about it earlier, but we haven't talked about it to the listeners here. Oh, I'm here. sorry. Yeah. But uh, oh, uh, and uh, golly, I have to look at that clip. But these clips take a while. I think I'll try to get some of these clips. But let me try to describe this story for y'all. So uh, there's like this. They even re-showed it at, at you know they're having a two-year anniversary thing, but they even showed his one-year anniversary with being with Prime Time Wrestling with Gorilla Monsoon. That uh, they had gotten a cake, and Gorilla Monsoon is on the phone because Bobby Heenan always had a phone, and he had this Betty woman who was supposed yes. to work for him. He always goes for information. Talks, talks down to her all the time. All the time, uh, but so Gorilla Monsoon is actually on the phone, and the phone sits on the opposite side over with Bobby Heenan, and he's oh okay okay, and he goes and he, he puts, goes to reach over and put the phone down, and Bobby Heenan's cutting away the cake, and Gorilla tries to warn him, says Bobby, Bobby, you can't eat that cake. Why not? Why can't I eat the cake? It's my cake. He says. Well, the, that was the, the bakery. That's Fred from the bakery. He said that he had one of his new guys making this cake, and he forgot to put flour in it. He accidentally put more baking soda in it. That's not fit for human consumption. And, uh, and Bobby Heenan's like, yeah, you're trying to trick me because you just want all this cake for yourself, Gorilla. And the Gorilla tells him, so, well, we'll smell it. So Bobby Heenan leans down to smell the cake, and the phone rings over on the other side of Bobby Heenan. So Gorilla reaches over Bobby Heenan to get the phone and ends up shoving Bobby Heenan's face into the cake. Yes. <laughs> and it's one of those things they would do with him. He, Bobby Heenan was such a jerk that him getting hit in the face with a cake was the greatest thing you'd ever see. Yes. He was so good at it. Well, and I also remember the 
he's of course called the Weasel all the time. Oh yes. And so he once had a wrestling match, and he re- he used to wrestle before he became a manager right. with the LUWA and yes. uh, stuff like that. But anyway, he had this outfit that was because he was called Weasel before he ever became WWF. <laughs> and, but he was called the Weasel, and he once had a wrestling match with Ultimate Warrior, and he lost. <laughs> and so when he woke up after the wrestling match, Ultimate Warrior had placed that Weasel yes. costume on him, and he woke up. And I'm telling you, he was so good at it. He looked he's all messed up, and he's falling yes. around oh, and yes. flopping he's all so the way the ring, and people, of course, are laughing because that's the whole gag. Yep. He's so dumb. He can't, of course, he's not dumb. He's real smart. Yep. But he was just so good at it. And he also had kind of a talk show thing at one time. I can't remember on what uh, channel or what. But he was so he had like a Bobby Heenan show. Thing. Yeah, Bobby yeah. Heenan show. He was so funny, and he'd make fun of his. Uh, what were they called? They had these women on there, and they're kind of heavy set. He's always making fun of them and being mean. And but he was so funny about it. Yeah, he was just horrible. He said he was basically saying something mean about them all the time about their being overweight. And it, it was it was I'm horrible. I remember it, but I can't yeah, think of it. Yeah, it was horrible. It. it was horrible, but. But yet funny, you couldn't help but laugh because yeah. he was so good, off the cuff, funny remarks. You know, he was really good about it. He was a lovable jerk. Yeah, he was. A he was so jerk. much a lovable jerk. <laughs> Even his interactions with Mean Gene, which I, oh, I'm yes. gonna have to dig all these clips back up and just play all the audio all together here because there's just so you, to to try to talk about it is one thing, but to just to hear the things he would do with Mean Gene, even with uh, the clip yep. we played at the beginning of the show, where he's like, he'd go to Mean Gene, and it's like, I thought you were going to interview me, and then and then Mean Gene starts to try to ask a question, and Bobby Heenan says, "Don't interrupt me." Yeah, and then he's good on WCW as well. <laughs> I didn't watch a whole lot of that. Yeah. I wasn't watching he WCW. Was really good. He would interview. Well, it was just the funniest stuff he would say about one thing they would do. The camera would go out. And it would show people, or a woman, like he'd be cheering for whoever, and he would say, oh man, oh man, he'd say a really horrible comment about the <laughs> fans, you know, but you couldn't help but laugh. He was so good at it, and just be off the cuff stuff that he would just come up with, very witty, really mean stuff sometimes, but yeah. funny, you couldn't yeah. help but laugh. Sadly enough though, he ended up getting a cancer in his throat, I believe it was, Yeah. and they ended up having to you know, remove it, and he never did get his voice back the way it once was. However, when he was put into the Hall of Fame, uh, he still was up there with the best that he could, making very funny remarks, and everybody was laughing away, and he was praised and loved, and every time he got to talk, people still loved him, just even until his last moment, he was just loved and admired by everybody. Yeah, uh, and I didn't know if uh, he had relapsed to the cancer. They said in his last 10 years yes. his health was really rough. Yes. Uh, let's see, January 2012, he didn't announce that he had had throat cancer. Uh, he did recover. He, he lost a lot of weight. When you yes, see some did. of the images very of him afterward, it's it's very sad and scary. Uh, he went from 231 pounds to 190 pounds uh, or even less. December 2007, had reconstructive surgery on his jaw after the first surgery was unsuccessful. He was placed in a medically induced coma and was slowly brought out. In the second half of January 2008, he had come out of his medically induced coma, though not yet able to speak. He was communicating with his eyes. He had several more surgeries to reconstruct facial features. In October of 2008, it was reported that he was able to speak a few sentences before getting tired. And in February of 2009, it was reported that he was still relearning how to speak clearly and out of the hospital. December 11, 2009, Heenan is hospitalized at the H. Lee Moffitt Cancer Center in Tampa, Florida. After examination of his rebuilt jaw, found an infection that needed to be treated. By 2010, his jaw infection was completely eradicated. In 2010, he broke a hip and a shoulder in a fall and recovered within a few months. 
According to an interview given by Jim Ross in October 2013, Heenan was hanging in there and continuing to have trouble speaking as a result of tongue cancer treatments. On April 2014, while in Las Vegas to attend a wedding, he fell out of bread and broke his shoulder. In May 2016, he fell again and broke a hip. On September 17, 2017, Heenan died at the age of 72 while surrounded by his family at his home in Largo, Florida. His cause of death was organ failure due to complications from the throat cancer, which had been in remission since 2004. And that's shame. At least they... I'm, I'm glad his family was around him. Like, they kind of knew it was yeah. his time. And, he, you know, so he was able to have family around. But, yeah, just that... Those rough years with cancer. Cancer yeah. sucks. Well, it really does. It really does. I know that the times that he was able to speak in his last uh, few years... When he was able to speak. Yeah. I know that people would laugh and that he enjoyed. He enjoyed making the people laugh. He yeah. enjoyed that. I'm just sad to hear, and I knew he had trouble with his uh, jaw and all that, but I was sad to hear they were never able to defeat him. You know? Of course, I knew that he had cancer still, but yeah. I just sad that he never was able to defeat the jaw and everything. But yeah. That's a shame. And that's one of the things, one of the one of the greatest talkers for being a manager to lose that ability that's to speak. That's what I mean. It's yes. a nightmare. Yeah. My gosh. One of the things I remember when he got the Hall of Fame, I believe it was 2004. Yeah, 2004. Uh, yeah. It's a long 20-minute speech, otherwise I'd yeah. share it. <laughs> but what I love that he did was he said, he said, dang, this feels good. You know, he being up there talking again, he just, the people laughed and laughed and laughed. And you could see he just filled with life again. Mm-hmm. Oh, it felt so good for him, and I just loved that. Yeah. And especially, you know, he'd spent so many years of being the guy that everybody's supposed to boo and we're supposed to yeah. hate him. To when it comes back to the Hall of Fame, everybody who had had to boo him because he was being the bad guy showed that they, in truth, we really loved him. Yeah, he was loved. He was very beloved as being that bad guy. Because a lot of those guys, yeah. A lot of these guys that you see in wrestling that they're they're, they're horrible people, you might beat them outside. Like, heck, Dave Batista, now yes. Drax, you know, he's spent some time in a heel. And heck, even before Guardians of the Galaxy came out, he went back to, what was that, a, a Royal Rumble? They had yeah, him win. And he was it was supposed to be this great comeback, but nobody wanted him to actually come back and win it. And he got booed, and actually he cussed at a few people. Yeah, it was not that he had come back. It was the way they had done it. They yeah. set up another wrestler, and then when they put him in there, they, they didn't do it right. They didn't right, do it. they didn't do it right. Yeah. So I felt really bad for him, but it's just like with, with the heel. Uh, but he had to go through a big heel turn, pretty much because the fans, that's the way they were treating him. Yeah. But yet, although we've had that heel turn, we still love Dave Batista. Yeah. You know, especially now that he's Drax getting to see him. And seeing his, have you seen his clip? They've had for the Blade Runner 2049, there's a little clip on YouTube that shows a little bit of his character. He's going to be a, uh, not remnant, that's not the word I'm looking for. Um, yep, I, the word has left my brain. Well, I have. Uh, 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 weasel, that's what I was looking for, Weasel. No. Well, that's okay. A replicant, <laughs> replicant. So, yeah, apparently he's playing some sort of a replicant uh, in the film, so I'm even more excited for Blade Runner 2049, by the way. Unfortunately, we'll not be able to cover it. It is an R-rated film, so we can't really dive into that movie too much here on this show. But at least uh, when it comes to people like the Weasel and people like that, sometimes it may look like they're booed, but in reality, they're cheering in just a completely different way. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Oh, my gosh, there's an entire list of wrestlers he's managed. Oh, let's see this. Let's see, Nick so Nick Bockwinkel, yeah. Awesome. Ray the Crippler Stevens, Angelo Poffo. Oh, of the Poffo brothers. There we go. Because uh, Randy Macho Man Savage was actually one of the that, Poffos. That's exactly right. Uh, Bobby Duncan Sr., Big, Big John, John Studd. Yes. Uh, Ken Patera, King Kong Bundy. Oh, Bundy. And these are also, Bundy. like, Bundy King was also, Bundy. he's the one who wrestled Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania oh, too. Yeah, that big cage match. That's big right. cage match. He's one of them because... 
you know, that's when Bobby Heenan kept sending all these different wrestlers at Hulk Hogan trying to beat him. And let's, then, you know, Andre was the big one. The, the, the very girl. first Survivor Series, which Bobby Heenan's team won with Andre the Giant, King Kong Bundy. Uh, big had, John Stead, wasn't he on part of that team too? No, no, I don't think he was at that time. Oh. But you had uh, a whole bunch of people like King Kong Bundy, Andre the Giant. You had... Uh, Ricky, uh, excuse me, uh, Rick Rude. Ravishing Rick Rude, also yeah, on the list. There you go. Managed by Heenan's. That's right. Mr. He, Wonderful Paul Orndorff was on the list. Right. but uh, Harley, Harley Race. Race. King Harley Race. Oh, you can't beat him. Yes. Hercules Hernandez, the Barbarian. Yeah. Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning. All the Red Rooster. The, Red Rooster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Brooklyn Brawler. That guy was Rick awesome. Flair. How can you forget? Oh, woo! I didn't see him managing Rick yes. Flair. How did I miss this? When Rick Flair came over. Oh my gosh, that would have been right, awesome. 91. The two of them together. Woo. Lex Luger. Lex Luger. Yes. The oh, the Mystic Link. Link. Yes. I remember he'd hold it. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. King Haku. I remember him. Oh yeah. Buddy Rose. Butch Reed, Reed, which I love. Colt Cabana. Cabana. Okay, he's got his own podcast. Well, I don't think he does this podcast anymore. I don't think he does. But Jimmy Jacobs, which I don't know who that is. But Nigel McGinnis. Yes. CM CM Punk. Punk. Yeah. CM Punk got to be managed by him for a short time. Wow. Baron von Risky. Raskill. Raskill. I don't know that. Ernie Ladd. Ernie Ladd. Dick Warren. Is he related to Eric Warren? I'm not sure. Yeah, let's see who else. John Jumbo Bailey, uh-huh. Killer Carl Cox, uh-huh. and Three Ks. Wow, that, and that must have taken people off. Superstar. Hmm. Teams managed was of course Nick Bockwinkle and Ray the Crippler Stevens. Uh-huh. The Blackjacks with Blackjack Lanza and Blackjack Mulligan. The Brainbusters. Art Anderson and Tolly Blanchard. I remember that. The Colossal Connection of Andre the Giant and Haku. Yep. The Islanders, Haku and Tama. Tama. I remember them, yes. yeah. The Assassins, Guy Mitchell and Joe Tama. Whoever than Tomaso, I have no idea. Uh-huh. And the Valiant Brothers, I remember that too. I don't remember the Valiant Brothers. Yeah. And I, but I remember whenever the Brain Busters, uh, basically, he left them. Right there, I think it was on Saturday night's main event, he just left them right there in the ring. Because <laughs> they were him. losing? <laughs> well, because they had been champions. And then they weren't, and he was just mad at them. Like, uh-huh. like, Fine, you don't need me. I don't need you. He was just up and mad at him. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, no, I guess it was Mr. Fuji that George the Animal Steel. Because I thought maybe that, because, yeah, George the Animal yeah. Steel came up with Mr. Fuji. Mr. Fuji is another great old manager. Oh man, he was great. And then don't forget, well, there's a lot of great managers. The Slick. Slick, yes. yeah. Slick was awesome. Slick. Mr. Uh. Fuji, of course, you have uh, Captain Lou Albano. Oh, he such really yeah, was. Captain Lou was pretty much he started managing a lot he more of the faces. Yeah, he was like the anti Bobby Heenan there for yeah, a long he time. Was. He uh, was. even uh, was supposedly managing Cindy Lauper. Yeah, he was. Uh, but some a bunch of awards here for Bobby Heenan. He had the Iron Mike Mazurki Award, uh, Manager of the Year awards in 1972, 76, 89, and 91, a Stanley Weston Award in 2012. Lifetime Achievement Award in 2009. Awesome. Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame and Museum, class of 2006. St. Louis Wrestling Hall of Fame, class of 2010. I didn't know there was such a thing. St. Louis Road Trip. Uh, (laughs) Of course, the WWE Hall of Fame in 2004. And the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards gave him the uh, Hall of Fame in 1996 and Best Color Commentator from 1992 to 1994. That would have been his WCW years, I guess. That's right. And I would love to see that, too. Because he was he was a great commentator. He was a great commentator. Him and Jesse Ventura both, but him, too bad they weren't at the same time because oh, they were yeah. both heel commentators. But you'd have him and Gorilla Monsoon together, or, mm-hmm. or Vince McMahon and him were great together. Oh yes, 
Oh, I love to see them and hear them together. They were so great. You remember, and it really was a lousy, in some ways, a lousy WrestleMania, WrestleMania 9. And yes, I love one of our friends. I want to say who. One of our friends is not a Hogan man, which is okay because I'm a, a huge Hogan fan. But he hates that Hogan came in and won the championship at the last second after Bret Hart had lost it. But I love uh, that horrible WrestleMania 9 when they go there, I believe it's in Vegas or something like that. And they're outside. It was the very first WrestleMania that was outside. But they're sitting there dressed as if they're uh, in the old, like, togas and everything. And Bobby the Brain Heenan comes in on a, I think it was an elephant or... Oh, yeah, he's wearing the toga and stuff. he's backwards. He's coming in backwards (laughs) on the thing. And he's like, what's going on here? I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) You're just making fun of me now. (laughs) Oh, man. Yes, we sure are because we love you. Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, Such great memories. There's something even that jumped in my head and jumped right back out again. That was another good one, but I forgot it already. Doggone it. My, my mind is so slippery. Well, as slippery as your mind is. <laughs> uh, where is that? That's the Lion King line anyway. Uh, but we probably better wrap this up. So, you go on forever, Bob. Robbie Green. Yeah. Uh, thank you for all the memories there. Absolutely. Yep. We love you, Bobby. Yep. And don't worry, folks, we're going to get back to some more Disney stuff next week, but we got to take these corners and uh, jump outside of the world of Disney just because uh, something big happened on the world outside of Disney, but yet the people of my mindset you're still going to have memories of. And uh, So hopefully you've enjoyed this blast from the past and had some fun with us today. We love you, Weasel. Don't call me Weasel! Exactly. And we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you.